0: Welcome to the Entrepreneur's MBA, bringing you lessons from real-life entrepreneurs they don't teach in business school. Here's your host, business coach
1: and marketing strategist, Adam Kipness. Many of you were in, in corporate America, you had a job, you did your thing, but you always thought there was something bigger out there, something else to achieve. And some of you were in business, but you never got... To where you always envisioned you wanted to be. You believed, you knew, you felt you were meant for more, but just didn't know how to get there. We're going to dig into that. Not only why that happens to people, but what are things that you can do to attain more, to get to the, the highest levels of your human potential and exceed what you really think is possible. This is Adam Kipnis, host of the Entrepreneurs MBA podcast. Appreciate you all taking a listen today. As always, we're brought to you by the C Suite Network and- Um, love them for their support and promotion of the show and the platform they provide. Today's guest Mia Hewitt is the founder and CEO of Aligned Intelligence and the best-selling author of Meant For More. She's an expert, expert on the topic of human potential. She helps entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs who know they are meant for more stop secretly struggling to make and make six or seven figure leaps in their business using her Aligned Intelligence method. This methodology works consistently and predictably to allow her clients the ability to coach themselves through any obstacle, build their dream businesses, and feel fulfilled in their purpose. Mia's passionate about empowering purpose-driven entrepreneurs to live the lives they've always known they were meant to be living. And isn't that a great thing? Welcome to the show, Mia. Thanks for being here.
0: Hey, thank you so much, Adam. Thanks so much for having me.
1: You're very welcome, and I'm excited for this conversation, as I am with most, because I don't take conversations I'm not excited about, but I'm excited about this (laughs) because many people, especially people listening to this show, are striving to a greater end, whether that's more money, whether that's bigger fulfillment, whether that's making a bigger change in in the universe. How did you start on this path? What, What led you to study human potential, both for yourself and for other people?
0: That's a great question. So when I was about um, 13 years old, my dog um, died because our house was so infested with fleas Adam, that they literally sucked the blood out of them. Like I grew, I grew up poor in that area, in that section of my life. And um, I made a decision at 13 years old. I don't know how I'm gonna be rich, but I am not gonna be poor. And um, I remember making that decision um, and then saying, you know, I don't know what it's going to take, but when I figure this out, I'm going to give it to the world. So that happened then. And the third decision I made that day um, is I would never have a child or an animal that I couldn't afford to take care of. Right. Like I, I grew up poor and um, became driven to be successful, but it was really more. I, I built two multi-million-dollar companies, and the first one was, you know, I co-owned with my my ex-husband now, but my husband at the time, and the first one was completely built from, like, fear and like trying to survive, trying to do it right. Um, you know, complete survival mode, like really just complete survival mode, and the the wildest thing. The second one, I completely did it, the complete, both multi-million dollar companies, one completely from survival, the second one completely from thriving, flow, allowing, ease. Now, if you had told me that, Adam, that that was possible back then, I probably would have want to killed you. (laughs) Right? Like, who wants to hear that when you're in the middle of shit? But like, can you feel that? Like, it's like, did you, I mean, I didn't even know that that was possible, that you could build a multi-million dollar company and not be in survival mode, not be in fear, not be in, I didn't even know that was possible. But now I do. (laughs) And
1: and I I can't wait to hear how, you know, it's it's interesting that you say that, because the idea of being in ease and in almost a relaxed state and growing a business and running a business yeah. is sort of the antithesis of what, um, many, whether it's TV shows or many people's hard work yeah. stories will tell you it's about taking action. It's about taking action. It's about taking action. It's about working harder. Mm. They say work smarter instead of working harder, but we know 90 plus percent of entrepreneurs do the opposite. They work harder. What, yeah. um, Let's go back to when you were 13. Like, yeah. did you dive into business then when you made that decision that I've got to go sell some stuff or did you dive into school, into building education? What did, yeah. what did that action, what action create was created by that 13
0: year old? Yeah, that's a great question. I really dove into personal development. Like I started trying to like really understand Like, what is this? How do we work? And how do I get that to work? I didn't go, um, you know, like I built the first one, uh, like I started working when I was 13 years old, because if we if I wanted to eat, I needed to work so i started working at 13 years old and um it was really awesome a little mom and pop type of minios wings and raw bar you know shout out to them they're like i still you know i'm so grateful for them to this day but it was a family-owned restaurant that gave me the opportunity because obviously i'm underage um and they you know if it wasn't for them you know they gave me free food um as well as a place to to work and earn some money so I didn't know how I was going to do this. So I didn't have anyone in my family that was wealthy uh, at all. So I didn't have any kind of role model. Um, There was like my uncle at one time had made, you know, quite a bit of money and so forth, but didn't ever like, we weren't close to him. I didn't have enough understanding of what he's doing. My mom didn't understand him or what he did. So it was kind of like a distant, but, um, I didn't. I didn't have a model for it, so I really dove into first just working, like working hard, which is what you know. Why I totally relate with what you're saying. People just start working really hard, um, and then I went after like you know we did insurance um, back then, so it was like well at least you know people have to buy insurance, right? Because it was completely out of fear, as absolutely out of fear. Um, but it's fascinating, Adam, because. What drove me is my dog dying. That's the truth. I wasn't one of those people that, you know, got up every day when I was a little kid and started selling things like, you know, I hear these entrepreneur stories and I'm like, wow, that's like so impressive. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't me. You know, I was the one that um, really struggled with um, being seen. Um, I was, I really struggled inside of, I was really shy. Um, I got beat up in high school. A girl mistook my shyness for being stuck up. Um, I was the the person that, uh, you know, didn't say anything. Um, I, you know, I even have some regret that I didn't stick up for someone else I saw getting bullied because I didn't say anything. I was the person who said nothing. So I was like constantly in like a frozen, like when I would become fearful, I'd get frozen. I'd become like, like my brain would literally shut down. It would stop working. And I would just like fear would just totally take over me. And I could never understand. And when I built the first one, you know, I thought that once I had made money that I would be like, I would arrive. I don't know what I was thinking, but I thought like, oh, ah, you know, <laughs> like don't the gates open and like, you you know, you arrive somewhere. I don't know, but I feel like I was sold a bunch of tricks. Because I got wealthy and I was just an insecure, wealthy person, you know? And so I really went on this, um, like, search for, you know, search for meaning, search for understanding, search for, like, how the hell does all this stuff work? And how how do you get it to work for you instead of always feeling like it's against you? And so I've hired, I hired all the best and the best in the industry. I've spent over half a million, but, you know, once I built the first company through complete burnout, Um, I spent a half a million on my own coaching to work with the best and the best and no disrespect to any of them. But ultimately, at the end of the day, they would all come back with, you know, basically say, well, just think differently, like just reframe yourself. And you know, it's like, if I, if I could have thought differently, I would have done that a long time ago, (laughs) right? Like, I mean, I, you didn't have to tell me that twice. I really would have done it, but my emotions would take over me. And I didn't understand how, like the, there was the logical part of my brain, Adam, that was like, I know what to do, but the emotional side of me, like didn't feel like I could do it. And these two parts, We're constantly in conflict with one another. So I would have, you know, I co-owned that first company. So I was the person behind the scenes, like getting all that shit done. And so I always, I had this fear of like, see me, but don't really see me. Like I want to be seen and I want to do big things. I know I'm meant for more, but don't really see me. Because if you see me, you're going to see everything that's really wrong with me and it's gonna feel like death.
1: Right, and all the flaws become real. Yes, um, in, yes. So I don't know the answer to this next question, which yeah. is sometimes super risky, but could, can make for really good podcasting. Uh, there are thousands of stories yeah. of people who've built a business like you talked about. They just over hustled, they got burnout, they were terrified mm-hmm. of losing and that's what drove them and their brains and their bodies and their desire eventually gave out. And a lot of times they burn their, that business to the ground. Mm. Right? They just, whether it's intentional or unintentional, yeah. they're in such angst that they burn their business to the ground. Yeah. Um, how did you, in that business, what, what was the end of that business, positive or negative? Yeah. How did it go and mm-hmm. how did you keep yourself in a place where you were gonna get better, right? You were yeah. gonna see a different way.
0: Yeah. That's a great question. So my, um, my husband at the time had, you know, like, you know, really had a rough time. Like there was like three major things, you know, God bless him, that really happened to him in his life, um, in the business and he was an ice climber and these things happened to him and it really shook him. Like, you know, he was just was like, I'm done with this. Um, so I understand everything you're just saying. Like that, like literally where people go and they burn themselves out and then they just are like done, like, right? Okay. Um, but there was a there was this larger part of me that I was like, this can't be it. Like, I can't be, I can't have gotten here to only feel disappointed. Like, I feel like there's just something, there was this one big piece that just kept feeling like something was missing. So the you know, basically at the end of that, um, you know, I, I, we got a divorce, you know, no, no drama in that. We just got a divorce. It was no other party or anything like that. We got a divorce and um, he lives in, you know, up in the top of, you know, the mountains, you know, in, in a very small town. And I was just determined to find what was true for me, like, I just wanted to know, like, what is the point of life? Like, if this is the point, what's the point? And so that that really took me on this search of meaning and understanding. And so when I spent all that money, because I kept going, like, wow, maybe, the you know, I'm not spending enough, maybe I need to pay a lot more and go to the high, you know, it's, it's maybe it's only the top knows the answer. And so like, I kept going up and up and up. And here's, here's what everybody, like, now I understand it all. And, and after, like, I had this one last guy who I hired, I paid him 50 grand and very famous and, um, I'm very coachable, did everything he said to do. And I just wasn't having the results. Like I didn't feel any different. And so I remember he was so just probably tired of me. And he just literally said, you know, Mia, you just need to go in your room and lock the door and don't come out until you figure this out. Now Adam that's when the ghetto side of me comes out.
1: <laughs> I was like go need- you know, one of two ways
0: yeah yeah <laughs> I didn't need to pay you no fifty thousand dollars to tell me that I gotta just stay in my room get my own fifty thousand because you don't ever forget the, the value of a dollar you don't you don't go through being poor and and no don't value uh, the value of a dollar. So anyway um, long story short that was the catalyst though that propelled me, like I became obsessed, like obsessed. So I'm not an overnight success. It took me six years um, to really dial in. And literally, I invented this methodology, this technology that literally helps anyone who has been struggling? Um, you know, be feeling stuck, held back, feeling limited. Knows they're meant for more. I have figured it all out. It took me six six years. What I can help people live in eight weeks. It is so different. So here's here's what everyone's missing. And I went to years of therapy before. And I, you know, like I said, I did all this personal development. And here's what everybody's missing. And I'll, and I'll share it in my story because I think it'll make more sense. So when I was about five years old, um, between four and five, somewhere around in there, I was playing in my room and I remember hearing my father call me and I could tell by the sound of his voice that he meant business. Like my father, Adam was the kind of guy that um, one moment he could be really gregarious and the next moment something could set him off And that was it. Somebody was going to get the belt. Somebody was going to get hurt. Somebody's going to get their mouth washed out. Somebody was going to get something. And so I could never tell what was going to set him off. So I always felt like I had to walk around on eggshells constantly. In fact, I didn't even realize, but um, I developed this habit of as soon as like and because my mom and dad used to fight um, as soon as it would get quiet, that would make me so nervous that I used to talk incessantly like const like I didn't even know why I was talking. I would just do this as a natural way of trying to soothe the anxiety that was coming over. When, when, if I was in a conversation with someone and they stopped talking, I didn't know how to be with the quietness. So he invites me, you know, he says to, you know, I, w- I want you to go outside with me. And I was like, why? Like, you know, of all the people in my household, he's the one I feared the most. And he's like, I just want to spend time with you, you know? And I was like, me, really? Like, I, I wasn't his favorite. I was like, my older sister was like the boy he never had. Right. So I was like, wow, that's so amazing. So he, we go outside and he says to me, which one is your favorite chicken? And I'm like, oh, that's easy. That one. And, you know, there was this one, I called her Henny Penny and she was my favorite chicken. Like I would find her worms and um, she would always come over and see what I was doing. And he's just turns to me and says, plain as day. Well, then that's the one we're going to kill today. And then my mind, Adam, went into complete confusion. I remember like feeling completely frozen, scrambled, like not understanding what was happening and not knowing how to stop it from happening. And I remember hearing a scream, realizing, oh, that's me. And I felt horrible. Like, I felt like, oh my gosh, I just create, I just caused this to happen. Like, this is all my fault. Like, And I froze inside and my mind went blank. And that moment, my life as I knew it changed forever because you see that day, Adam, I decided people don't really mean what they say. You can't really trust anyone, not even your own father and the world, it's not a safe place. So I vowed at five years old that I would never let that happen to me again. So I built these walls around myself and I didn't let anyone in for decades, except I didn't knew I didn't know back then that the walls that I built to protect myself would become my greatest limitations for myself and my business.
1: Does that God make was sense? Your greatest savior.
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So literally what I found that everybody's missing, which is the missing piece is that Every single, every single baby is, is born whole, perfect, and complete. There's not one baby born with a self-esteem issue, not one. And then something happens, something happens that shocks you, confuses you, causes you to doubt yourself and literally creates this separation emotionally, like where you, you thought the whole world was for you. And then something happens and you pull back internally. And it, there's this separation of feeling, not logical, but there's a separation of like, I'm all alone. There's something wrong with me, or I've got to figure this out, or I'm not good enough. Any version of that. There's some version, everybody says their own. And then from that day forward, here's where, here's where this all starts to connect. That's the day that we create our ego. So our ego is the false self that we all created as a way to survive our life. So um, my ego was, um, it, you know, there can only be superiority ego or inferiority ego, right? So and we both we have both in us, but one will be predominant. So meaning like superiority ego are the terrorists in our in our in our in, our, in the world. Those are superiority ego um, or the rebels inferiority ego is more like the um like myself was like i would like hide or avoid or pretend or people please right in order to survive so we've got these two and then what happens is from that day forward because we thought who we were was something wrong with it so we became this false self in order to survive from that day forward every other negative event or experience that you have will be the same of the same pattern. It will be different place, different phase, different situation, but that pattern, once you're cooked from that original trauma, it literally will keep happening until we heal it. Does that make sense, Adam? It,
1: it does. And in some ways it scares me, in other ways it uplifts me. Yeah. <laughs> and it's interesting. because you talk about separating your actual truth from your ego? Yeah. Right. And the ego is a thing, but then you've got a truth that we're living in. But for a lot of us, and, and I'll include me in a yeah. big way in this, sometimes I don't want to admit my truth. Yeah. I'm, I'm mm. good not telling anyone the truth. Yeah. So, to when you're talking to your clients or, or talking about this topic, yeah. you're kind of making them, making people sell themselves twice right? One, I've got to sell myself on, yes, there's a, a different ego, a different way I can be, but also I've got to admit some things to myself.
0: Mm.
1: Um, how do you help people overcome that? Cause I know that's yeah. a, a big topic of there's stuff that you just need to let go of and you just need to admit, how do you get people to do that? Because I'm, I would bet you fair, fair get, get a fair amount of resistance.
0: You know, that's a great question, Adam. The The truth is inside of, like, by the time they come to me, the pain of what they're living is greater than the fear of the change. So by the time they come to me, they've already tried everything else. Like the, the problem, the reason why um, things stay a problem is because we have the wrong problem. Let me explain. So there is a universal law, because I only talk in truths and ultimate truths like that, that exist in no matter what the time, culture, or, you know, where this exists, it's always going to be a truth. So it's a principle. So there's a universal law called the universal law of polarity. And the law of polarity says that nothing in this universe exists in a half of something. It's always equal in an equal and opposite whole. Let me explain it. There's an If there's an up, there's a down, if there's an in, there's an out. So what this means is for a problem to exist, the equal and opposite solution must equally exist at the same moment in time, simultaneously, not a different moment. They equally exist because time is a human construct. It's, not, it's man-made, it's not, a, it's not true right? There's just inside of, we just, we gave it a time as a way to communicate based on like, they put a pole in the middle of town when sun hit a certain level, they they gave it certain times of that so they could meet at different times. But the truth is, everything's existing simultaneously. So what does that mean? And how does this all come together inside of that? What happens is that When we don't understand that, when we don't understand for a problem to exist, the equal and opposite solution must equally exist, we actually convince ourselves that problems are facts. Right? Like, yeah, it really is. It's fascinating. It really is fascinating. And so inside of that, by the time that people are coming to me, they've tried everything. Like I'm really am the, the, the one that really solves it, but they've already gone because they, when people have problems, they always have the wrong problem. So for instance, um, you know, as an example, somebody came to me and they're like, oh, I have a problem with, um, I'm not making the return on it. Like, you know, I have four dental practices and I'm not making enough money. I'm not making enough profit. So the problem is I'm not making enough profit that was not her problem. Her problem, right? right? Her (laughs) problem. Well, yeah. And and I see this all the time. I'm sure you see this all the time, right? She had four dental practices, but wasn't making any money. Now this happens all the time. So I had to find, okay, let's find where your original trauma is. And then it's going to show me the real problem. Right, because it's always in the emotional root cause of it. So what happened to her was her trauma is was when she was a baby. Because so um, communication actually happens non-verbally. Then we give it words or language in order to put it into a format. But it literally happens energetically. So when we're born, we are born and we have the ability to feel. So babies um, or children, that's why I see the most around between two and three years old, two, three, four. No, everything after that is not the original when they go after like six years old. Those are just more of the same. But hers was when she was a baby, um, apparently her dad thought that the mother had died. There was a miscommunication. So when he picked her up, all that energy of loss and trauma was in him and the baby internalized that as a feeling right so she actually created she had this feeling of something's really wrong and internally with her She made it it, it, like children always internalize it to twos, threes, she made it like there's something really wrong. So her biggest thing, she went into people pleasing and surviving. And her biggest thing was she couldn't hold those. She wasn't holding any of those practices accountable to the results because she didn't want to offend them or, you know, was afraid of their judgment or their opinions, right? Like the, this is the real problem. Not the problem they think they had, or let's say this other gentleman, he was um, when he was, you know, when he came to me, he was like fifty seven years old, he had never been able to scale his company to the level he knew he was capable of. He knew he was meant for more, couldn't figure out why. He wasn't doing it. And his greatest fear was rejection. He was afraid of being rejected. Like if he went into the banks and asked for the money, they based on the way he was doing his business, they were going to reject him. And he, he just couldn't live with that. It would feel like death. So when I asked him, okay, let's, let's look at your trauma. And he said, oh, I already know my trauma. I've been to years of therapy done okay. What's your trauma? Oh, when I was three years old, I died of an asthma attack. That's not your trauma. And he's like, what? And I'm like, no, by then, by the time it gets bigger, that's just another bigger form of the original one. So I took him to his real trauma. And his trauma was when he was 18 months old, he used to get out of the crib and he couldn't even walk. He would fall to the ground, crawl over the wall, stand up and then walk and then walk around the house. And his mom didn't know what to do with him. So one day she took him, put him in the crib and locked the door. That was so traumatic for that little boy that traumatized him so much. He screamed, he cried. It broke, it broke his heart. It broke his heart. That day, he made the decision that other people control you, that every like other people, the power is in other people's hands. It scared him so much that then he started to see where this is all playing out everywhere in his life, why he doesn't go to the bank, why he's afraid of rejection. But even at a young age, if his parents, if his mom was driving the car, they would go away from the home, he would get so scared. And he's like, are you sure? Are you sure you know where you are? Are you sure you know where you are? Does this make sense, Adam? Can you see how it's all tied and that there really is no separation that the thing that happened to me at four and five and the thing that happened to these people at, you know, a baby or 18 months old is everything that's really stopping them in the today's of their life?
1: I wanna, we're gonna have to do like eight more episodes of this. Yeah, sorry. So many many questions, no, it's awesome. It's so good. Um, i got one quick question, sure, and I sure, want to sure. jump into the book a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. And I know, that obviously, that that a lot of what you're talking about here is in the book. Um, yes. But for so I'll just use myself, for so many of you, yeah, yeah. um, right, I don't know what I don't know yeah. about yeah. what what went on when I was one, two, three years old.
0: Exactly. Um,
1: without giving, you know, the the full psychology of it or how you get to that yeah how how do we like if someone got off of of this episode and they're like i always knew there was something
0: yep yep
1: but if you look at my life i led a pretty charmed life i grew up in an upper middle class background my parents did get divorced but i've got great relationships they have we have holidays together with both parents and and the, the steps and everyone's together and I have a pretty charmed life overall, Yeah, but we're all meant for more, yes. including myself. And I like to think I'm relatively successful, but I think yeah. I've got more to give and more than I can offer the world and more than therefore will will come back to me because of what I give. Absolutely. And how do people think about like, like what, what do I do? How do yeah. I start this process for myself so I put myself in a position that it's like, man, Mia can get me from A to Z three times Absolutely. as fast as I can.
0: Absolutely. So the first thing I wanna let you know is you are not alone. In fact, I get more people who don't think they have a trauma but they know they're being held back but they don't know what it is. And so I really love your share like tremendously because that is that I get more of those than anything else. Um, and the answer is it is in my book. I do actually take you through that's why I wrote the book in story format so that you can ask your the questions I'm asking you um, so that you can unravel it yourself um, and really see it but here's the quick answer to your what you asked for the reason that. Um, therapy doesn't work and the personal development hasn't worked when they go through the mindset because they're going through the mind it's actually not in the mind the way you find what your trauma was and feel this, because we don't have a, we don't have our conscious mind. Um, You know, our rational mind doesn't get to develop until after the age of seven, it starts building, right? So we only have a subconscious mind, a feeling mind. That's why as kids, when somebody would tell us something, our eyes will dilate and we just soak everything in like a sponge, like a recording, right? It just goes in as truth into the emotional mind. So that's the subconscious emotional mind. So the key is the way you find it is not by logically thinking about it. You actually want to guide yourself by, by feeling. What is the earliest memory? And this is how you can feel it. That you wanna ask yourself, like get in touch with, close your eyes and feel into your body. And you wanna ask yourself, what is the earliest memory that before this experience happened, I totally trusted myself, I trusted others, and I trusted life. Like the whole world was for me. Like I couldn't wait to get up in the morning and hit the the ground running because life was an adventure. Everything was for me. There was no separation from me and life. And then something happened. Something happened that shocked me confused you, caused you to doubt yourself, became fearful in some way, what happened? Then you want to look right inside of there and ask the questions again in the book about what are the decisions you made that mean about you and about others and about life. And it will show you your entire trap.
1: I am so terrified in the good way to read. Your ah, book. Good, uh, good, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Some things we don't want to know more about, but we need to know more about. Um, so I want to talk a yeah. little bit about the book because sure. I think it's so important what you're talking about,
0: mm. that
1: especially for the entrepreneur that yes. wants to do the next thing and, and their counterpart, the person with a job and, and a lot of people on my that listen to my show are corporate yeah. and, and want to do their own thing. So they're making a good living. They've got <laughs> money, but they know that there's just something better than going to work nine to five, or they want to be their own boss or all those things. And yeah. so this book is a critical piece of that. And, and for everyone out there, um, books don't make you money.
0: Yeah, they don't.
1: They, they may make you opportunities to make you money, but books don't make you money. So likely mm. when you wrote your book, it was another $50,000 coaching ex- experience, right? Because you probably wrote a lot of money to have it all done and, and get it where you wanted it to be. Why? Why a book? You've got a, oh, a seven figure great. business. You're helping lots of people. You're obviously changing people's lives. Yeah. And the book can be obviously a, a greater opportunity to be out there and to help more people. Yeah. But it had to take you away from the day to day in a big
0: way, not only financially, but in time.
1: Why take the time away from doing what you were doing to write this yeah. book to get it out there?
0: no i love that i love that question so much and I, i'm going to answer all of it the the first thing is that day that i made a promise back in, when i was 13 years old that i was going to figure this all out and give give it to people i really was i'm i really am a, a woman of my my promises i really keep integrity I, my word means everything to me so i knew that when i figured all this out i was going to give it to the world hundred percent like i that is my you know my greatest intention Uh, My mission is to help 5,000 business owners or entrepreneurs or those that want to be entrepreneurs know how to do that for themselves, such that they will then in turn help their own 5,000, you know, people for themselves. And that I've indirectly impacted 25 million people because you, you can't come through what I'm doing and stay the same. It literally is, um, it takes you back home to who you really are. And so it is life giving and it's it's also you become more of who you really are and you get to let go, so you keep the strengths of who you became, but you get to let go of all the weaknesses. So to answer your question about the book, though I am an entrepreneur so i've been an entrepreneur over like oh gosh 33 years now so. I knew there was no money in books. So what I did is I created, I'm answering also your question of what I do for marketing inside of this. I actually use my book as a book funnel. I I believe in creating SLOs, self-liquidating offers. So the book is $5.90. It's not, that's not a lot, but there is, um, it is built inside of a funnel because that's where, you know, it pays for the advertising in itself and then literally creates um, my clients. That's just one funnel that I have. So one funnel. So last year, my book in this funnel sold 21,847 books. That funnel in sales did um, just on the book funnel did 127,963. In that um that's not my program like because those that want to live the book they actually come join me in the year long program so that's just the book funnel. Does that help you in seeing like how, how I look at because what I learned um, Adam from doing I built two multimillion dollar companies in the first company what I learned about that was it's not how much you make it's how much you get to keep. Right
1: yeah exactly. so.
0: Yeah. So I was like, uh uh-huh. So I'm all about, I I really think of wealth now, um, as I'm my own bank. So I think of wealth in terms of, and I really mean that literally like my own bank. So I think of wealth as, um, how do I take money that has no meaning? I'm not attached to money. Like money doesn't define me at all, at all. But how do I take something that has no meaning, like no no attachment to it whatsoever, um, and I have no resistance to it? But how do I take that and allow it to really work for me, 24/7? What are the ways that I'm using that um, money to? You know, it never calls in sick, it doesn't take days <laughs> off, right? Right? How do I think like a bank where I'm, you know, lending money in order, you know, to get higher returns. So I'm always making money on my money. And then how do I think that way in terms of everything I do in my business, I'm always looking at it from the perspective of how can we create a self liquidating offer. Like, how do we get paid to get paid? So that makes wow, sense.
1: You, you just covered like 27 episodes in yeah. two and a half minutes Yeah, so I, I, Sorry. For, for all the listeners. I want to bring a few things together here and I love it. So uh, the self-liquidating offer, for those yeah. of you who don't know what that means, um, reach out to me, reach out to me as she's, um, uh, Mia Hewitt.com is her website, Mia.Hewitt on Instagram at Mia Hewitt pretty much everywhere else. Instagram has got the dot between the two. Everything else is straight. Her name, um, and one of the things that I learned is spend the $5.90, one, because it'll change your life just by reading the book, but yeah. also when you do it, follow the path. Mm-hmm. Then one, one of uh, my good friends says, the old R&D is research and develop. The new R&D is replicate and duplicate. Yeah. So do what Mia does. So if you have a book, if you have any, any offer, and it can be something free. It can be some, something like a book. Mm-hmm. Do it and follow it. And then go back. I think it's episodes like, it's in the 60s. I had two, two episodes um, where Russell Brunson teaches the funnel offer and nice. self, self-liquidating offers and what it means. So listen to those and then re-listen to minutes 28 through 31, I believe, of this episode Yeah. in a real life example. So that's Mm. how you all can, can make money, but you can also change your life with the book. Last question, since you answered my marketing question,
0: um,
1: what do we do next? Obviously people can reach out to you and work with you and you've got a year long Mm -hmm. program. I'm sure you've got some other programs that are available, get the book, but I get off this episode and now I'm inspired. I'm like, yeah, I think I finally get it. I hear something different. It's not just about working more hours yeah. I can be smart about it. What do they do first when they get off this episode to start them yeah. on the right path?
0: Absolutely. Uh, the first thing I would say is I'm going to give you the book for free. You don't have to pay uh, the five dollars ninety cents. Um, you can go to mia meantformorebook.com. All one, all one, you know, one word of it. Mia Book.com, and then put punch in free book, capital F, one word, free book. Just download it for free. You can get it for free um, just for listening here today. So I just want to give you that first because that is the that is the number one thing I would tell somebody to do next because. It's going to show you your whole life in a dime. Like when you go through that, it's going to show you exactly what has really been stopping you your whole life. The second thing is, um, you know, I also want to tell people, give yourself grace. It is really difficult to um, find your own trauma. And it's not because there's something wrong with you, but here's why even though I tell you how to do it, I do tell you exactly how to do it and ask you the questions and everything. The reason though, is because it's a lot like a heart surgeon doing his own heart surgery. Here's why, because it's very difficult for us to be the patient and the practitioner at the same time. Does that make sense, Adam? It's not because like, if you could just Yeah, that is the reason why it's so hard because you can't see yourself from inside yourself. So it is easy. It's easy for me to see people's, like I can do them in my sleep. I can get someone's trauma, very, very simple. But once you see it, um, the way home is to actually heal it. Now, here's the second piece. We can't heal it in the mind, which is why the problem is they keep thinking it is in the mind. It's not. It's actually in the emotions in the body. So we heal it emotionally and then we free the mind. So what what this does is basically what we're doing is we're healing what was there and then freeing the mind from the negative self-talk, being able to really teach people how to process their own emotions so they never get stopped again, and then how to no longer fear people's judgments or opinions, and then how to use their voice and stay in power Um, regardless of a disagreement or just, you know, or, you know, a difference of opinion, and then really heal their relationship with money. Because here's, you know, we do go into self, you know, really have them know how to feel worthy and deserving. But here's the thing about money. And, you know, for somebody who grew up poor, and now is really wealthy, you know, money actually has no meaning, it will work for anyone. It really will. The key, though, is you also have to, it's not just in the asking. You actually have to be, allow yourself the receiving of it. Does that make sense, Adam? It does. It's, mm.
1: it, it does to me, obviously, because I, I do this. I, I have interviews like this. Yeah. You and I know a number of the same people, and, and we've learned from a lot. But it, you have to hear it every day. Yeah. Like, you, you still have to hear it every day.
0: Yeah, so So, yeah, do that, heal the trauma, then get really, really clear on who are you here to serve. So I would start with before you do that, what I would do is I would start with your your lifestyle. And I would um, literally look at the lifestyle you want then step 1 i would clarify what the right business model is that's going to give you that scalable that's going to give you the lifestyle that you want so start from the lifestyle then add the right business model that's scalable to the as a vehicle to the lifestyle that you want then you'll you'll love the scaling so the second thing once you identify that you're going to identify who you're here to serve your ideal client And then thirdly, you want to quantify that once you have located who, what's the problem you're here to serve, you want to be able to develop proof of concept, right? You want to go beta test that. And then fourthly, you want to be able to then once you've beta tested it, got proof of concept, have an irresistible offer, you want to then amplify it. You want to turn that into some type of self-liquidating offer. I really believe in those. um, I make money in my sleep. I believe everybody should, and then lather, rinse, and repeat. Right. So number five is you want to leverage the heck out of it, um, which is what we do when we come on podcasts, what we do with referral partners, affiliates, and so forth. And so the the biggest takeaway I would tell people is, from idea to income, find you know once you understand what I just said have a single message, a single offer, and a single expertise with single systems and a single invitation.
1: I love it. What what a great way to wrap up. Thank you, Mia, for the information. Thank you so much for being here. I, I really, it was helpful to me. Hopefully it was helpful to everyone who listens. Thanks again for taking the time to be with us today.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: You got it. And thanks everyone for listening to today's episode of the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast. You've been listening to The Entrepreneur's MBA. Download Adam's free book, How to Make More Money in Your Business, at www.freebookfromadam.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.